Coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Telegram, Rumble, and Odyssey. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, and share success. I am Toolman Tim. Today is March the, tw the 5th, <laughs> 2023, and this is episode 268 of the Workshop Podcast. How is everybody out there? We are going to have a good one tonight. We're going to skip uh, the normal intro and everything else, and we're going to jump right into our guest. I'm pretty excited. Good evening, Mr. Adam. How are you? We got Adam here tonight from amodernfrontier.com. How are you, sir? I'm doing excellent. How's it going over there in Canada? Not bad at all. We have been, I want to say unseasonably warm, but now all of a sudden it's getting cold. So it, it is Canada, you know, so. Well, spring's going to come eventually, right? I, yeah, we, we were talking earlier uh, about planning some events in the Telegram group, and I said we were going to have it on the weekend between our last frost and our first frost. So we should do well. <laughs> so what, uh, so who, yeah, why don't you introduce ourselves? I, I was trying to remember how we met, and I want to say I think it was, did you comment on something in Instagram or how, do you remember? So yeah, I follow you on Instagram. My friend Tom uh, turned me on to all the cool things you're doing. And he said, hey, you should really check out this tool man, Tim. So I started looking at what you were, uh, you were up to and you were talking about getting onto TikTok and yes. things that you were doing on TikTok. And I, and I said, hey, you know, I like what you're doing. Maybe we can collaborate on a couple things coming TikTok. I have some, uh, some prepper friends over there on the tick in the tick the talk world so um yeah I, I, you know what you do is perfect for tiktok perfect for all sorts of other cool cool things so I, i've been enjoying watching what you've been doing oh thanks man no it was good i i love it because it's i last year i, I my big thing that i preached around here was collaboration and i always use the term you know a rising tide floats all boats and i there's i don't think in the content creation i don't think there's anything any such thing as um competition i think everybody you know either somebody likes your stuff or they like somebody else's stuff and when we work together it gets us in front of a bunch of you know a bunch more eyeballs and it kind of lets us uh, share the audience and, and learn from one another absolutely yeah you know uh trying to just work together getting good ideas like yes. that's one of the hardest thing is trying to get good ideas trying to do some sort of media for either your business or even if it's just you're just trying to make some sort of media out there uh get your message out there how do you do that and you know your message is going to be different than my message but together maybe our message is going to be completely different make something else make something new for for us to be able to have a conversation about absolutely so we have a tradition here in the workshop. I always, I mean, first off, I kind of intentionally stayed a little bit away from some of your content because I wanted to, I love learning people's stories. So that to me, there's nothing better in the world than getting to get someone to share their story with me. So starting back 
start. Yeah. Tell us who Adam is. But what I always love to hear, what was your first job in high school? Where did you start? Or maybe before high school? My first job, my first real job was I worked at a bait shop. A bait shop. A bait shop. I counted baits. And yeah, so I I counted baits and had a, I was, man, I was there for seven, eight years um, counting baits. And um, I then graduated to actually running the bait shop for a short period of time after that. No worries, man. So was that a, was it like live bait, dry bait? Was it uh, both in between or was it like a, did you come home stinking every night or not too bad? Oh, not too terribly bad, but, uh, you know, we counted worms, counted, uh, wax worms, uh, little grubs, um, pretty much every kind of bait you could probably buy, uh, minnows running, you know, trying to sell people fishing rods and, uh, fishing tackle and getting people set up to get out there and catch a big one. I think you win an award. I believe, cause you said you worked there for about seven years. I think that's a new record. I, I don't think anybody's ever told me they worked their first job in high school for that long. That's pretty impressive. Well, it was fun. I mean, I started there when I was, was that 13? I started yep. there when I was 13 and I, the bait shop closed when I was 20, okay. uh, right before I turned 21. So, um, yeah, I, I worked from the start to the, till the time it closed. So it was, it was a great time. Learned a lot about life, learned a lot about people, um, got a lot of cool people, and uh, a couple of my best friends I met because I worked at that bait shop. That is awesome. So where, where did you go from there? Where did life lead you after the bait shop? Well, after the bait shop, I started working for a uh, construction company. Uh, I was doing excavating for okay. about a year. Then I got into carpentry. Nice. Um, then I got into selling used cars, um, did that for about a year and moved furniture, fixed furniture, uh, got into some cabinetry, carpentry, did bounce around from all sorts of different weird jobs. Um, and then I finally got into heating and cooling, uh, to the HVAC, the HVAC arts and, uh, was I started doing that? Was that been in that trade for about 17 years now? Okay, and I continued on, um, up until about this time last year. I quit and I said, you know what? I have this other thing that I, that I absolutely love doing, it pays the bills. Don't get me wrong, yeah. HVAC is a great, great career choice, pays the bills, but I had something else coming on. And I was like, hey, you know what? I need to actually see if this really works. Actually, my wife was the one that said, no, Adam, you have to see if this really works. You need to figure this out. My body was starting to fall apart, you know, yes. crawling up and down ladders, uh, carrying big compressors. And oh, yeah, my body was just, I was hurting every single night. And my wife, yeah, you, you can't be, you can't keep doing this. So um, I took a leap of faith and it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. So first off, I got to say, there's nothing better than having a supportive wife that any, yeah. And if, if oh, yeah, that I love, I love hearing that. Cause I, that's mine too. So what did you jump into? So <laughs> I've always been big. I've always been interested in homesteading, gardening, all that stuff. 
And I tried to start businesses around that for about the last 10 years. Okay. And then my, a good friend of mine across the street, uh, he did pasture raised meats. And, you know, I would go over there, I would help him out and I would get my fix that way. You know, he owned the animals, he owned the chickens, he owned the beef, he owned the pigs. I learned a whole heck of a lot, you know, really started really understanding what was going on, understanding how to take care of the lands, how to maintain the lands. And he was doing it in a, in a regenerative way nice. and just watching the soil grow and everything become stronger. And it was just, just really amazing. Even after he's already, he was already there for like, I think it was 15 years before I started working with them and we're growing. And then all of a sudden, something bad happened to him. He, uh, at 40 years old, he had a UTI and it went septic and killed him, uh, leaving a wife and five kids. Well, that devastated me. I, I, and it's obviously it's not just about me, but you know, sure. that was something I'm like, there's, there's something empty there that happened about four years ago. Uh, and it's, I, I wanted to continue on it. His, one of his sons came up to me and said, Hey, grandpa wants to get rid of all the cows. Can I keep one of the cows over at your house? Yeah, sure. I don't have anything set up. Well, one cow turned to two cow turned to three cow. Now I have six cows here. And, but I also understood, I was, I understood a lot was going on. I was also at the same time, I was very good friends with some Amish people and this one, uh, some young Amish, uh, guys that I was friends with, they decided hey, we're going to start this cooperative and we need someone that has a cell phone so that we can, uh, you know, sell our meats to more people than just the people in the area. I'm like, wow. I totally get it. So they brought me into the cooperative as a non-voting member and it was just an opportunity. Like they have, we have over 500 acres being brought into a re, into regenerative farming and we've been doing this for a little over almost three years now and it's amazing on how how far we've gotten in such a short period of time oh man adam that just gets me excited i, <laughs> I love there's not first off there's nothing better than i'm you know sorry for your friend you know your friend's family's loss of course but i i love hearing that you you did something incredible. Like I, that is, wow. I first, I love here. I mean, entrepreneurship is our, our jam here. We love hearing that, but that is cool. So you said, I think your words were, it was easier than you thought it would be. What, what does that mean to you? I love hearing that. You, you think of all the doubts, you have all these doubts in your head and all your, your head's just sitting there going, you can't do this. You can't do that. Um, you can't swim. Right. right. You're going to jump in that lake and you're going to sink to the bottom of the lake. Look at all those other people that, that have uh, done it before. And they're, what are they? They came back. Right? right. And I'm like, okay, well, let's see. And when I jumped in all of a sudden by being fully committed by not sitting there saying, I have this job that I have to take care of also, but actually focusing on what mm. I need to focus I was able to actually, it, people rallied around, around me. They're like, this is awesome. We're really happy to hear that you are doing something. You are doing our, we all, we always knew that you wanted to do this, but now you're actually doing it. 
So I had a bunch of people that rallied around me and I started telling my story to a few people. And um, I still, I still probably need to tell my story more because yeah. I do think it's a cool story. Um, but yeah, I had people rally around me and uh, give me guidance, give me education, but you have to take, be proactive, get out there, get around good people. And I think that's the hardest part for people is to know that you're not going to be able to stick around those people that the, over at the bar that all they do is drink their money away or friends that all they do is they want to spend all their money on whatever you name it, whether it's a football, basketball, uh, cars, whatever you, you have to be around the people that are doing things because mm -hmm. guess what, as you said before, rising tides, rise, or uh, yeah, rising tides float all boats and you got to be one of those boats in that area with all those other people that are rising that tide. You know, what's cool about that is, uh, at least where, where I grew up on the East coast, you know, when you would come in, if you were the first boat to the, the wharf, you tied up to the wharf. Now, if you were the next boat, you tied up to the next boat, you, you know, so they would tie four or five aside, right. And beyond the water going, if you were tied to that other boat, if the water went up, you went up. You know, and that's exactly it. I, man, I, I love to hear that. So when you, you said regenerative practices, what, what does that mean? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure because you have some, uh, some pedigree, you've listened to the uh, survival podcast for a lot of years. So, and I've heard regenerative thrown around, but what does regenerative uh, practices in, in whether it's beef or, you know, crops or whatever, what does that mean to you? So your main goal is to always build the soil right that's the most important thing ever is building more soil making the soil better if you just focus on building up the soil guess what happens the animals get a better feed right and sure. as the animals get a better feed you get better animals better flavor i love to cook i'm big into cooking and making good food so making good food with good quality ingredients that i know where it came from knowing that didn't have all the chemicals, didn't have uh, any antibiotics ever, uh, knowing just the way it was raised and understanding that, being connected with that animal. Um, it, it, it matters, like, to grow the best product I possibly can by, by just basically taking care of the land and re making that land stronger is basically the most important thing about regenerative agriculture uh, in my opinion. So if, if the land is stronger, the rest kind of takes care of itself. Is that kind of what I'm hearing or that that's the yeah. most important thing? Yeah. I, obviously there's, you know, there's animal husbandry. You have to make sure you're taking care of the animals, giving them the correct shelter, giving them what they would, they, what they can't get because, well, I have, uh, right here, I have eight acres that I can roll my animals on. Okay. Well, in that eight acres, I have everything they need. Well, in nature, if they were out in the wild, they'd have to go find find that shelter somewhere, right? Uh, where I have to provide it for them. So th there's little stuff like that. You know, you have to make sure you keep them off of certain areas of, of the land at certain times because you don't want them to pug the lands. You don't want them. You don't want them to build, keep building that soil and protect that soil, not make that soil bare. So how do you, 
how do you build? I, I get the idea of protecting. You're going to rotate your animals so they're not beating the, you know, the crap out of it all the time, literally, or shitting all over it, which I guess is a good thing. How do you, how do you build the soil? How do you build life into that soil and, and make it better? Well, uh, one of the things is basically putting carbon from the atmosphere back into the soil. So by, by having grass, right? Okay. Grasses, I, things like alfalfa. Alfalfa, I think it's like 20 some feet down is where, how far down that root structure can, can go if you allow that plant to live long enough. Uh, same huh. thing with uh, orchard grasses, like six, seven feet. Uh, clovers, you know, they're a few feet where corn goes down like a foot, right? Maybe two. Uh, so that it's it's important for us to constantly be having good grasses there for a long period of time to get all those uh, roots down to the ground. So there's way more root structure down in the ground than up on top. So by doing that, they grow faster. They're able to mine for more minerals and mine for all those, uh, use all those microbes in the soil to help bring in all that nutrition to that plant so that plant will sit there and grow higher huh and then of course i'm guessing with the livestock you have you don't really have any need for artificial fertilizers either do you no very little uh i do i i will use some art uh artificial fertilizers sure the only company i will use is a company called conklin and that's all and the only reason why i'll use conklin is you can look them up. There's even a website for it. Uh, Washington State uh, Directory has a whole website of all the different fertilizers. They have a very pure form of several, uh, most of their fertilizers, so pure that like the organic stuff can't even compete. There's you don't want the heavy metals in your fertilizer, right? Okay. So even like kelp, so a lot of kelps will still have lead or the mercury in them and stuff like that that i don't want to put that in my soil if i can at all help it so there's things i can use from this company conklin they 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 purify it as best as they possibly can and that makes it makes my soil uh better but once you have that soil level up there i don't need to add more more fertilizer to it because i'm taking that same uh manure that i was taking off of the land uh or uh before so and i can put that right back on there so yeah it if i have to spread any manure it's very minimal and once you get the the, the nutrition's not there it's not going to get there without you putting it there but once it's there then there you go you're you're ready to go then so how long if, if somebody just bought like a barren piece of land or something you know maybe hasn't been you know um haven't had animals on it in a bit how long does it take to get it to a point where it's reduced regenerative, I guess, at that point, or where it's at the point where it's basically going to be self-sustaining if you take decent care of it? Uh, it, You know, pretty much somewhat right off the bat, but you can really ramp up. So you'd have to use a smaller amount of animals to start off with. And then as you grow, you can put more and more animals on there. Uh, I've been working on a project with one of my Amish friends. He had, it was a horrible piece of property. Uh, Someone just basically tried to put corn on it year after year after year wasn't take taking care of it and it was all sand so he ended up he put some animals on it he he got it 
you know, started rotating, uh, took all the chemical, uh, no using no chemicals. So these got the soil biology up there. So you need to have about right about that 3% mark is where of organic matter in the soil is where that soil biology really starts taking off. Okay. When you get that happening, you can take all those nutrients that's in that sand, those microbiology, that microbiology can take from that sand and give to the plants, but it's not biologically available to that plant at that, at first until that happens. So by bale grazing, uh, putting bales out there, spreading and having the animals spread them out, sure. uh, using the manure uh, and just rotating the animals around. Oh, within about three years, he had a really nice looking pasture. Uh, five years, it was even better. I'm excited to see how it goes uh, uh, goes now. It's 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 going to be be pretty cool as it keeps growing, and as he's able to add more and more different variety of uh, plant life to it, also to get really get this this up and going. You know, light that fire. So the bale grazing is that is that most of the carbon that you're depositing at that point? Like everything that they walk on and and tramp down, and then of course they're you know shitting all over top of it, so they're going to be um, fertilizing it as well. Yeah, yeah. So th that's where we get most of the carbon, especially at first. Most of okay. the fertilizer you you know buy some. Some people say buy cheap bales. Some people buy, say buy uh, expensive bales. I say it depends on the animal, but get those bales out there and uh, you get the, that carbon from someone else's lands, bring it onto your land and keep that energy on your land. That That's what it really comes down to, right? Is we're trying to keep energy on our, on our land where we have access to it ourselves, right? So um, you said you love to, to cook. Um, so are, is your beef like fully, is it grass finished and everything like grass raised and grass finished? Grass fed, grass finished. Uh, we have good genetics where we actually have good marbling to the animals. Uh, some people, some people grow grass fed beef that tastes a little swampy. That's not me. I like mine taste like beef with a little herb herbal essence. A uh, great story that I can tell about that is when I first started selling meats, mm -hmm. I had a couple of my friends come over, and they were going. So I cooked, I cooked it up and I opened up the packages right in front of them. I had salt and pepper right there. I, I mixed it up, put a little bit of salt in there, put a little pepper in there. I cooked these hamburger patties basically right in front of them. And I gave them to them and they, they loved it. They're like, oh, this is great. And I go, well, what did I use for a seasoning? And they go. Well, there's some some rosemary, some thyme, some chive, some clover, or some clove. Um, it, is that oregano that I taste in there? And I go, and I, and I looked at him and go, I was standing right here in front of you the entire time. I go, all the seasonings that I use are right out here. He goes, no. And they looked at right at the salt and pepper. They're like, really? I go, that's what happens when you have properly grazed animals properly fed, properly finished, they have this herby flavor to it uh, from the grasses. Yes, sir. So how do you get, because, you know, um, we get our beef local, but it comes from the local butcher shop. So most of them are still finished on feed here. Um, 
and I mean, it's great. I love it. It's, you know, for me in my area, it's close to the best I can get, but how do you get that marbling and whatnot with grass only? What, is there a trick to that or no? Uh, just good grasses, um, good genetics, good grasses, and having more, having them able to have more feed than what they can, than what they really need, right? So sure. you, you, want, you want them to thrive, just like we as humans, if we can thrive, guess what happens? You know, our waistline gets a little bit bigger, right? right. So <laughs> yeah. uh, another trick we use is uh, certain places will uh, will drill in uh which is uh it's a method so a no-till method of drilling in uh sorghum seed so we'll okay. use uh, sorghum sudan and we'll drill in sorghum sudan and that does two things for us well there's a lot there's a high sugar content sure so it's a carbohydrate that makes fat you know we, we understand that <laughs> yep but it also this puts the sugar into the uh, into the actual grounds also and it helps uh it, it we found that it, it helps uh invigorates all the microbiology in the ground also yes okay that makes sense i never thought of it but yeah of course sorghum i mean if we as humans eat i guess that's why the keto or the carnivore diet works so well because if we <laughs> it doesn't take very long to get portly around the midsection when you uh focus on sugars and sugars and calories right 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 yeah i mean if you think of uh cows like and my cows are also a little bit older, right? Okay. So, or my beef is is older, so it it's about thirty months now. It's still very tender, um, but the ones that you're getting this in the store are probably going to be more that fourteen to fifteen month yep. range, and it, their life cycle is obviously a lot faster than ours. But you look at it; are you're eating a fat teenager, you right? right. Where when you let that animal get a little bit older, you're kind of getting towards that middle age. So as they get to that middle age of that 24 to 30 months, they really start putting a lot more fat, that intramuscular fat in that muscle. And that is going, that with that flecking is what it's the technical term, yeah. it's flecking. And the flecking in that steak, in that ribeye steak that you see, that comes from uh, it, it just being older, as we get into our middle age, we start putting a little <laughs> bit more fat on. Same with the cow. Uh, their middle age just happens at 24 months instead of 40. At, but uh, we'll, we'll go with 30, right? Um, but yeah, long story short, uh, as you let that animal get a little bit older, you get a little more flecking, you get a little more fat in it, and uh, get those carbohydrates in there. That just helps it out. So you mentioned ribeye. Is that your is that your uh, cut of choice? Your favorite steak? That I I, I like ribeyes the best. Um, ribeyes and another steak is the chuck eye. If you can ever find the chuck eye. Really? Now where's the chuck eye? I mean, yeah, we have another so, butcher in here tonight. Uh, Renegade. He's a good good friend of mine, Josh, from down in Texas. So and my dad's a butcher, but uh, I don't think I've ever heard him mention that. So. It, the the chuck eye, it's basically the extension of the ribeye into the shoulder. Okay. So it's going to be more more centered in there. I'm not a butcher. I pretend to be one once in a while, but 
the chuck eye it's a small it, it's a smaller area um inside that uh th that actual chuck steak or chuck roast and it's, it's fairly tender um it's not the most tender but it has some incredible flavor is there good fat on it or no yeah there's okay. gonna be be really good fat on it so you're gonna have uh good working muscles around it it, you know how you get that kind of that roast beef flavor out of a chuck roast? Yes. You'll get, you'll get that uh, that flavor in that chuck eye a little bit. Nice. Uh, yeah, I love a uh, – nothing I love better than a fatty ribeye. Uh, that I could – yeah. I if, I if I had to pick one meal to eat for the rest of my life every day, it would be that right there for sure. And what's the perfect internal temperature of a uh, of a steak, if, if you have to say? I, I just like to hear it. You know, I don't even ever take a, a temperature. I want to say it's like, well, that one, what was it 120, 125? Okay. I, I, I do rare. I, I, okay. I, I just, I, I just go rare all the time. Sometimes I do a little too rare, but you know, for other people's liking, but hey, I'm, I'm definitely a carnivore. Oh, me too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I have to go about 135 because my, uh, my family is, um, well, my wife likes it. A little more on the medium rare side, and but one thirty five still in the rare. So I, I kind of, you know, I kind of fudge the numbers a little bit. But that that's what I, yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, and just salt and pepper. Is that what you use for seasoning most times? For the most part, salt and pepper. One of the things I've been finding lately is I make I grow shiitake mushrooms also, and I do something called mm. uh, I I make a shiitake salt, and. Mm. Oh, you gotta yeah. yeah go ahead go into as much detail as you need to that sounds incredible right. so first off i grew, so i grow the shiitake mushrooms myself and it, it, they're really incredible they almost like they want to be dehydrated right so you you dehydrate them you grind them up into a powder and you mix one-third shiitake powder and two-thirds of a good sea salt and just just mix it up, and it's it's it adds that extra oomph of flavor to whatever you're cooking. Plus, uh, I think uh, shiitake mushrooms are medicinal, so it makes that steak medicinal, right? <laughs> yes, there's nothing better. Yeah, medicinal steak. I love it. I just put your recipe there in the comments. So, so Perfect. one get it right. One third shiitake powder and two thirds good quality sea salt. Yep. Do you have a sea salt that you like? Uh, I. Not really. I use all certain kinds of uh, sea salt. The one that I really do enjoy is uh, was that a, uh, it's a Celtic uh, or Celtic sea salt or something like that. Okay. Um, I honestly, I think whatever sea salt you really enjoy or whatever salt you really enjoy. But that's one of the cool things is I'm starting to get into a little bit more of the different flavors of salts too. But um, that will impart a different flavor on your steak a little bit also. Nice. Okay. And, uh, one flip or two? Oh, I, I, I flip my, I, so there's that old Leonard Kenny, uh, S and P's away from me. And, uh, <laughs> you're a letter Kenny fan by chance. Oh, big letter Kenny fan. Oh my God. We got so much to talk. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And you know how they're flipping this, you know, don't over, over, uh, flip the steak. There's no such thing in all real in real life. There's no such thing as over flipping a steak. You can flip that steak, get that crust on that steak, get that steak brown. It, it, 
whatever it takes, you know, don't be afraid to move that steak around, get it on that hot surface or the cool area, whatever you got to do. You know, I, I just like to uh, just use the tongs for it. Uh, yep. So you don't not use it a fork or anything, but there's no such thing as over flipping a steak in all reality to my opinion. Someone might argue with me, please argue with me. I, I I'm all for it. No, that's great. I've, I've been, uh, me and the girls have been, uh, we've been working our way through King of the Hill and I was watching the other day, Hank Hill was there and he was at his neighbor's house cons and they were, they were almost, they almost like, they almost wanted to hit him because they were worried he was cooking his burgers too long and he took them off at the right perfect moment. I was like, yeah, that, that, that's me. That's great. So, <laughs> um, so we have a mutual friend, Tom from mm-hmm. uh, small scale life. He told me I needed to ask you about your Amish friends because I, a couple, two, three years ago, I did an, a video on, okay, for, I got to back up a little bit. Somebody on MeWe messaged me and said, Tim, have you ever looked at the Amish and their love of DeWalt tools or tools in general? And I, I hadn't. So I, I went down a rabbit hole and did a little video on it. And I've been in, enthralled with the Amish ever since. And I wanted to get somebody on here to talk about them. Didn't know that you worked with Amish until Tom messaged me a couple of days ago and said, you need to ask him about the Amish. So I said, <laughs> so um, how did you, how did you meet up with the Amish guys to start with? Well, I met, so they had, their parents had a vegetable stand and stopped over at the vegetable stand and would buy vegetables for, from them. And their vegetables are really, really well, uh, well grown. And, you know, at a certain point I can only grow so much myself. Yep. That's their, their full-time job, right? Their, their whole family is growing a bunch of vegetables. So I'd go over there and get a bunch of vegetables and then I'd sit there and BS with them and, you know, shoot the shit a little bit and, uh, ask them a few questions. And then my one day, uh, they go, uh, they asked me, Hey, Adam, you've raised chicks before. My son wants to raise chickens would you be willing to talk to him about chickens? So him and I started BSing about chickens, about raising meat birds. And he ended up just kind of after a while, just like he, he would call me. I gave him my number and asked me questions. I'd look stuff up for him if I didn't know myself. And yeah, we just, uh, then they finally, like I said before, they brought me into their folds of, uh, in the Amish way I've had, several meals with them sit down i've cooked on their stovetop before um they've they're some really interesting people when you get down to it wow so um are, are the these guys um what's the, not, i want to say old school but that's not the right is it old old order or are they yeah yeah they, they're old order amish they're not the new order so okay uh they're a little stricter on which what they have what they can wear, what they can do, what kind of wheels they can have, like the one, and each community is so different. Sure. Uh, for instance, the community that I work with uh, in Watoma, Wisconsin, is different than the ones over by Barry, than uh, the ones over by Partyville or Barry, Wisconsin, and okay. they, they're both old order. Order, the ones I work with, they can't have, they can't have collars. Yes, but sir. the uh, ones that are even stricter over uh, uh, near Partyville, those guys are, th- those guys can have collar shirts all day long. 
so it, it's it's kind of interesting how the communities are different. Now, the ones in Partyville, they can't have a, have any sort of phone. Okay, so not even have, like off in the like some of them have uh, what is it like a house phone in a shed off of the corner of their property? Nothing like that, even. They can't have anything like that, but they can okay. have collars. But the <laughs> other one, they can't have a collar, but they can. They have a phone over uh, connected over by the barn. Okay. So, yeah, it's it's interesting to see how each community is different. Uh, the old the ones in Partyville, they can use power tools, so they can use a battery operated power tool like a Dewalt. They use Milwaukee. Just saying. Yeah, that's um, fine. Uh, and, but then the other guys in uh, the the You're... other in uh, in Watoma, they, they they can't use any power tools. They can't own them. Now, if I loan them my power tool, then they can use it. It's it's, it's the weirdest thing in the world. So your your guys, the like your friends, the ones you're close with, they don't even um, so they don't own or use any power tools at all. Nope, everything's nope. pneumatic. Oh right. So I'm just so enthralled. I I don't know why. I just we all, we have um, Hutterites up here. Do you know the Hutterites at all? I don't know any, but I know of them. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're more modern, but they still, you know, they, they make their own clothes and, but they all have like big harvesters, you know, that sort of thing. But they're, they're a commune. They're kind of a German commune. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I don't know, there's something, um, I don't, maybe not refreshing, but I really enjoy their view on life. You know, even if I I might not choose to completely live that way, I love to see what they do, you know, Mm -hmm. how, how does their, um, they're farming and that sort of thing. How, what, what do they do? Like, is it, it's all horse powered or, or what? Yeah, everything's horse powered. Uh, they try to do as much with just the horses, with just the land it, itself. Uh, but they do have, you know, so they're all their balers will be uh, usually it's a 25 horsepower uh, Honda engine is what runs pretty much most of their stuff. Okay. So, yeah, so they'll have a baler, and they'll have a, have connected to the baler a twenty five horse Honda, um, or their spreader, or some of their some of their drills will be a twenty five horse uh, Honda on it and stuff like that. So they, um, so gas powered is kind of okay. Yeah, for them, gas powered is okay sometimes. Okay, no, that's cool. I just, I, I'm, I'm just. In, uh, so you said they're pneumatic, which you know, air powered for those. Um, how do they generate the air? Do you know? Uh, a gas powered or a diesel, either gas or diesel powered uh, generator, or I'm sorry, air compressor. Okay. That's and they, they, they have some huge tanks. So okay. Like 2000 gallon tanks are pretty common. Yes, sir. I, I've looked at, so um, do they have any, they don't have any solar, those guys? Uh, they will have a little bit of solar. And the solar is mostly to uh, charge up the batteries for their headlamps. Oh, and what about, um, I suppose, treadle or treadle, whatever, uh, sewing machines? Yeah, yeah, they just, you know, you're sitting there, they're just uh, rocking their foot back and forth to keep the sewing machines going. Some, Some of them do have a, I've seen pneumatic sewing machines. They'll, oh, they'll convert them over to pneumatic or they'll convert them over to gas and still have a belt uh, sure. that, that, that runs it. So um, 
I saw they have a two cycle gas uh, mixer. So, so like, uh, like your uh, KitchenAid mixer. Yeah. They have, have uh, two cycle gas uh, 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 mixers, you know, and they also have, I actually have a video up on my uh, TikTok of one that's a hand cranked KitchenAid mixer. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. I don't know. Their ingenuity blows me away. You know, I very, very much so think what you want, you know, but I respect them for sticking to what they believe. And I just, whatever, you know, however a person chooses to live, you know, I mean, you're choosing to live with regenerative ag, uh, you know, processes that a lot of people might think, wow, that's kind of backwards. But when they see the finished product like that, yeah, you can't, you can't deny the, you know, the effectiveness of it. Right. Right. Yeah. My inputs are low. And so that's one of the things that they really talk about is the Amish will talk about how their inputs are really low. So they don't have an electric electricity bill. They don't have a car insurance bill, much less a vehicle. Right. I mean, let's, let's face it. Most people's uh, insurance bill is, you know, going to be a couple thousand dollars a year. Their vehicle itself is going to be, five to seven hundred dollars a month if you can keep those inputs low what happens we, we learned this with rich dad poor dad right it's yep. keeping all those those uh inputs low and the outputs high you know uh what are your responsibilities what what do they call that your uh your whatever your overhead is you know you got to keep your overhead low and that's one of the things i do with regenerative agriculture is i have low overhead i you know, I don't need to have a $100,000 tractor in order to get my job done. I don't need to have, I borrow a skid steer from my, my neighbor across the way. I'll probably have to buy it from them eventually. Sure. But, you know, I don't have to have all, you know, a million dollars worth of, of, uh, in, of tools in order to get a little bit uh, to make up $50,000 a year which is what's happening in agriculture right now is you have a million dollars of worth of tools to get $50,000. Well, that, that seems backwards to me. Yeah. I does. I, I, yeah, no, you're right. I love that. So what do you, so um, how do you, how do you keep your inputs low? What does, what does that mean to you? Well, um, keeping the inputs low is just kind of working with the land. Let the animals do the harvesting. I don't need to bring everything to the animals. Let the animals go to where the, where the food is. And I don't need a lot of extra, extra things when I do that. You know, why am I going to bring the cornfield to the cow when I can let the cow go to the cornfield, so to speak, you know, let them pick it up. I love that. And what about, so um, when it comes to your grasses and that sort of thing, do you have to reseed every year? I, I will reseed here and there. Um, this coming up, uh, a couple of my fields are getting a little tired. Uh, the grasses, uh, especially when it comes to alfalfa, they tend to take, uh, so alfalfa does this weird thing where it'll seed out, but okay. it'll kill all that's it, it'll kill its its own babies its own seeds right really uh, okay. yeah it's so if i would even if i would drill in and overseed with alfalfa right now uh, the alfalfa would the 
alfalfa that's there would kill it. So if I wanted to keep that alfalfa fresh and in, uh, invigorated, I have to, you know, kill it off. And I can do that with, believe it or not, cows will trample that down real easy and for, then fertilize right off, right off the bat with it. And then I just, I'll, uh, I'll do a little, little bit of tilling to it, uh, some real light tilling to the first couple, top couple inches. And then I'll add into it um, the uh, uh, drill and some seeds just to make, make sure it, uh, it gets restarted. And then from there, you know, get that field back up to where I need it to be. So how many, um, how many cows or, or how much, what, what are you raising right now? So right now, uh, being the time of year, I just have my, my six cows. Okay. I help, uh, my friends, uh, my Amish friends, we have 120, uh, uh, head right now with, in one of our areas. And then, uh, I've kind of moved a little bit further away from that as we've gotten more successful gotten into more on the selling side of it, the marketing side of it. So okay. I do less and less of that and let them do what they're good at. And apparently I, somehow I became good at uh, marketing for some, somehow, or I, I don't know how, how that all happened. That's cool. So what's involved in that end of the business? Well, it's talking to a lot of people. Um, okay. I do, I have my TikTok uh, channel that really doesn't bring a lot of people in, but it's brought right. a lot of opportunities, yes. a lot of, uh, a lot of communicating uh, with different people. And a lot of it's just learning how and where I can do certain things. Um, and by communicating with other people, I've gotten some amazing opportunities. I, I can't really talk about one of them too much yet. That's love okay. to, I love to come uh, back on uh, say June or July or something and nice. talk about that. Cause that, that's going to be something that's like right up this, the alley of like what Jack is, has always talked about, you know, people working together, building something. Yep. So really cool stuff to come in the future, but yeah, working on, uh, you know, with my TikTok, working with my websites, um, just knocking on doors, talking to people, uh, this getting ready for this coming up year, doing farmers markets. Uh, one of the things that I do a lot of, that I think is kind of unique is since I am a good cook, I know how to cook for a lot of people. Uh, this last year we had a really cool party by my friend's house. It was a ninth, uh, 18, uh, a barn built in 1880. Okay. Redone beautiful barn. Just gorgeous. Uh, we had a band there playing some bluegrass music, beautiful day. Uh, cut my cow. I, uh, rents his pasture out behind the barn. My cows are out there uh, running around. Um, so they're able to see the cows out there on the pasture. And I cook burgers. I cook my burgers and my barbecue chicken sandwiches. And, you know, and just had a great time communicating with a bunch of people. People were able to actually uh, taste my product. Yes. Go, yes, this is amazing. And uh, sold a bunch of meat right then and there also. Wow. That is so damn slick <laughs> in a good way, like a legitimate community building way. I don't know. I'm sure. Did, did you come up with that idea yourself or did you, had you heard of it? Like that, I think that's just so simple and genius. So there's always these farm to tables, right? Right. And the thing with farm to tables, I don't know if you've ever been to one, 
the, the lot of times the ticket to get to a farm table is like $250 a person. It, the, the number is just like, wow, what are you guys even thinking here? Right. But there's so much that goes into it. You have the chef, you have all this stuff, you know, and it's a great experience. Don't be wrong. It's a, it's a wonderful experience going to one of those. I want to do a farm to table, but for a family. For the rednecks, the blue collars out there, people like you and I that are out there in the trenches working, and we don't want to sit there and spend five hundred dollars on the night just to sit there and have a have a meal with our wife, you know. Right. So they're able to bring all the kids out. They're able to experience stuff, have fun, be a community, and talk. And that's something we have. We're going to have another one of those. If anyone's in the uh, southeastern Wisconsin area, or even willing to drive up. Um, we're having another one, uh, second weekend, second Saturday of May, going to have another party there, going to have a kind of a barter blanket type deal where, you know, <laughs> you know, if people wanted to bring their plants there, uh, cause that time of year, everyone's going to have extra plants. You can trade plants. Uh, you have some canned goods. Great. You know, you just want to talk about the things that you're doing to grow things. Absolutely. Bring on over uh, whatever you have going on. It's, it's going to be pretty sweet. Sounds like you're building community on top of building a business. Well, that's what it is. I, you build If you build community around your business, you always have people to sell to, right? 100%. So with, um, have you gone after restaurants at all or the commercial? I've done a little bit with uh, restaurants, uh, very little bits. Restaurants, the biggest problem is chefs are very finicky. And a chef yeah. and the owner don't always see eye to eye. So sometimes that chef will not like, will not want what I have for a product because they're artists, right? And sometimes those chefs, they just, they up and leave. And all of a sudden, so you build these relationships. Oh, sure with that chef or you build this relationship with the owner and sometimes they have to see eye to eye. Sometimes the chef has more uh, maneuverability, but a lot of times it's, it makes it difficult because they want certain things. They want the ribeyes. Well, I only have uh, about eight ribeyes or I'm sorry, 16 ribeyes per animal, you know? So how can I give you all my ribeyes when I have all this other stuff to do? Um, so it's, Huh. They want a low price. They want the high product, and it's 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 a lot of work to do to work with chefs. I do work with a couple chefs, but not a lot. Okay, so I guess I never I really didn't think of this, but Becky and I are this way, of course. Once you find a supplier as a family, you tend to go back to that supplier every year for years because when you know their story, you have an established relationship, you know the quality of the product. So why the hell would you go anywhere else? So I suppose that's great because, you know, if you throw a party like that and you gain one or two more yearly customers each time, well, it doesn't take long to have a full, uh, like a full customer book, does it? Right. No, it, it, it doesn't. And the biggest thing when you have a business is to stay top of mind, especially something when it comes to food. So, you know, having the logo out there, have being in front of people giving some, someone a reason to remember you and then give them an experience. That's the biggest thing is you give them an experience for them to remember, hey, 
remember that burger? Oh yeah, that was Adam. It, you know, and they put a name, yeah. a face, an experience, and you know, I that was one of the, the best tips that I got when I was uh, dating uh, a, a friend, a uh, older friend of mine. He was, you know, he was in his thirties uh, when I was just like twenty. He goes, okay, the biggest thing to do is give that young lady an experience, have an experience together with, with that young lady. And basically let's face it. You sold yourself to your wife. I sold myself to my wife. She got the raw end of the deal. I get it, but I'm okay with that. (laughs) Um, I ended up finding a way to, uh, to like give people an experience because that's what they want. They want that experience of dealing with people and working together, feeling like you're on the same team, and that's that's what what gets that community uh, going in the in the same direction. So, say I'm a new per. Well, okay, I come to you, and I say, well, you know, Walmart has I don't know rib. I don't know what Walmart's price is for ribeyes because I don't buy ribeyes from Walmart. But say they have them for eight dollars a pound. Um, I mean, I may not be the guy you want to sell to, but um, by having that story and having that experience behind it. Because I'm going to guess, and I'm sure you'll say this, but you don't sell cheap meat. You sell quality meat, right? Right. So why should I buy quality meat over the $5 mystery meat at Walmart? Well, one is that community aspect. But let's go past that community. You really, you, you're really you looking for the bottom line. And I'm so it's grass-fed, grass-finished, but it's also going to have those flavors that you're gonna ha- not gonna have otherwise. So maybe you're only gonna wanna have my steak or my hamburger for those special occasions when you wanna impress somebody. And that's fine too. If you just wanna be that occasional customer, if you're looking for you know the most bang for your buck, you know, I may not be the exact person that you're gonna work with, but you always are going to know that I'm there. Uh, mm-hmm. So th- there's there's some health benefits to it. You get more micronutrients in it. You get this good bubbly feeling that you're <laughs> going to grow. You're you're helping someone in your community that you know grow good quality food, and you're going to have that story to go along with it. Like people like having that story. So uh, for the most part, when someone goes, "Well, I can't afford you." I go, I completely understand, you know, and, but truthfully, when you say, I get it, you can't afford me, they want to almost buy from you even more because they understand the quality that there's something else there. That's, that's perfect. That's, that's spoken like a true salesman in in the proper sense, because I love a person who can admit and say, well, that might be okay. Maybe I'm not for you right now and that's okay. (laughs) But you, yeah, you, you sold me on your beef. I like that. <laughs> well, next so, time you're in the area, I'll uh, cook, cook you up a steak. I, yeah. So I have this idea. I haven't, I don't even know. I haven't even mentioned it yet on here, but I'm thinking in August, I'm going to, cause I, I have seven weeks and I'm going to Tennessee to build on our land down there. And I think I'm going to do like a meander down and I'd like to stop at a bunch of people's places and do like half hour in-person interviews or something because so if you'd be up for that I'd oh yeah man I'd I'd do that it'd be awesome well it's going to take you more than a half hour but I know um, it will I'm just trying to be polite you know so (laughs) and and we may have to drag Tom 
time overall. So if you feel that would be, I would love that. Yeah. I could spend, I I know I could spend more than a week just going down, you know, from North, South and meeting people. I would love that. But so what are your, what are your, like, obviously your, your Amish friends hired you or got into business with you. Number one, as a, as a phone call guy, but what do they think? Or do they know what you do for them? Or are they, are they impressed at this point? Uh, they're starting to get to be more and more impressed. Uh, there's been, it, like any relationship, it's a push and pull. It's a struggle. Um, they don't understand what I'm doing all the time. Sure. They, they have ideas, but since they don't, you know, I show them a video of me acting goofy uh, with an Amish hat on. Some some find it funny. Some are like, <gasps> you know, um, for the most part, they 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 don't. I don't think they really know exactly what I do or how much I do or how much I work on what I'm doing. I think they think it's easy doing uh, just quick couple things on. Uh, and you have a website. I mean, who wouldn't buy it from a website? I mean, it's everyone can see it, right? You know, so it it. I don't think they fully understand, but they're starting to understand a little bit more and more uh, as we keep growing this. And are the, the sales are there for you? The sales are definitely growing. Um, it's the first year was uh, more of a struggle. Uh, this coming up year, finally things are starting to roll. I'm starting to catch a groove. I'm starting to understand who I need to talk to and making those connections. I've made quite a bit of connections, but to be honest with you, most new farms, it's going to take you three to five years before you even start really having an idea of what you're doing. So any new farmers out there, um, it's going to take you three to five years to start really building that that clientele. So uh, you, you, you're, you're, I'm moving a little bit faster than I think that a lot of other people are. It's possible, especially with the technology that we have these days. But yeah, it's, 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 it's a push and pull. It's a, it's a struggle. But yeah, three to five years is like the average. So from the day, how long ago has it been since you walked away from working for the man? Uh, it was a year ago, uh, January. So have you had a day in that time where you ever thought you wanted to give up and just go back to working for the man? I never wanted to go back and work for the man. Um, but I would have to say, yeah, it was right around November, October, last year i was really struggling it was like i could just i could just give up right now um we just we keep the business going but you know it's just barely gonna go and i had job offers left left and right you know um i'd get i have people calling me hey you want to come work over here yeah you want to come work over there uh being a, a hvac service tech in october november I had more work than I, I knew what, what to do with. But um, my wife kept on me. Uh, I had several friends of mine that kept on me and said, hey, no, you, you're doing this. You're, you're doing this. Keep on going with it. Uh, you just get past this. And I don't know what something just kind of something changed really right around Christmas time, January. And it's just lately i don't know what it is uh, it's just more and more opportunities are coming um and i'm really glad i didn't quit because if i would have quit those opportunities probably wouldn't have showed up 
So why, <clears throat> excuse me, why didn't you quit? I think a lot of it was my friends around me and I just knew what I would be going back to. I knew that I would hate what I was going to go back to. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to face going back to something I didn't, didn't love doing. I didn't enjoy doing. So I, that was the struggle. Like I could, okay. I'm going to be flat out honest. HVAC yeah. service tech around here makes 120 grand a year. Sure. I get it. You know, and sit there and go, okay, Hey dummy, you're walking away from 120 grand a year to go do what, uh, make a few TikTok videos and sell a little bit of meats. And what, when are those numbers going to come back to that 120? But, uh, I kept, my wife kept telling me, remember how bad your back hurts. Remember how bad your ankle hurt, your knee hurts, your wrist hurt, my carpal tunnel. It's just, I'm 40 years old, you know, and when you get older, you start hurting. And, um, she goes, you, you, you'll, you'll regret it if you ever, if you ever do it, but we don't need to right now. She goes, I have everything covered. And I think it was mostly my wife that really kept me going. And a bunch of my friends just like, Hey, keep pushing, man, keep pushing. So from the day that you did it, when you, when you, when you cut ties from work and you started doing your own thing, it wasn't always easy then. <laughs> That's what I'm, because I, you know, I, I know when, when people see the people that I get to interview and they hear their stories and they're like, wow, that's pretty cool. They built something awesome. You know, there's some shit days in there. Like I I can tell you were talking about your, your self-talk. I know that self-talk because I had my, what I call it a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. And I've had many of them, you know, and it's the day where you think, shit, I'm just going to pack it in and go back. But then, (laughs) like you said, what are you going back to? You've already built something great. It may not be quite where you want it to be yet, but um, so I had a, a lady on the show a couple of months ago and she hiked the Appalachian Trail and she got trench foot the first couple of weeks and it hurt really bad. And another time she fell into a, do you call it a den or a nest of rattlesnakes on a couple of occasions? And I asked her why she didn't quit. And what she told me was, Never give up on a bad day because if you do, you'll always regret it. She said, always wait till the next good day and then decide. Are you in a good, have you been having good days now? I'm having great days now. Um, Usually I think in my head, I usually, fall is like one of the best times of year to sell meats and I wasn't selling any. Like I couldn't get anyone to, to, to answer the phone. I couldn't get anyone to pick up any more meats. And I was just like, what's going on here? I was being dry for several months. I'm like, I'm struggling here. Why is this happening? And then um, I don't know what happened exactly, but I several opportunities all of a sudden came out. <laughs> and may, maybe it was all those times I was trying to call and knock on doors before. They let Christmas go by and then all of a sudden like new uh 2023 showed up and hey guess what we got all these different things going on here we need you we we want to work with you and yeah you're right don't quit on a bad day um i have been having such so many good days so many good opportunities it's it's pretty crazy i like hearing that i do i because i it doesn't seem to matter who you talk to that's been on the entrepreneurial journey almost everyone 
it, the, the path might be different, but it's very similar. Do you know what I mean? Like the people, there's always a point where you're ready to give up. And if you wait a little longer, I'm not telling everybody that if you just wait a little longer, it'll all be better. But if you wait to get past a bad day, at least you end up building something great. I love to hear that. Um, what about, so how has social media worked for you? Because you, you seem to have got the TikTok thing figured out at least a little bit. Uh, social media, uh, Instagram's been a little bit of a struggle. I enjoy yeah. Instagram. It's quick. It's easy, right? Yep. I just started getting back onto face space or I'm sorry, Facebook. <laughs> um, and I, I just, there was just so much politics, uh, yep. for some reason or another, um, for a couple of years. And I'm just like, I'm done with it. It was just toxic. And that, so I found TikTok. Uh, TikTok I've done pretty darn well on. I yeah. have, I think, 28,000 uh, followers. It's a little bit more intensive building something on that. But I found ways that to entertain people. You got to make it entertaining for people that people want to see it. Uh, always putting a question in people's minds of, okay, what's the next part of this video? And it, it I, I've, that's one of the things I guess uh, really hit uh, kicked off with me is uh, working with TikTok. So what have you found? Because I get, so I, I just hit something like 10, 10,000 followers and I get asked, okay, what, what works over there? I'm not sure I've completely figured that out yet. You know, I, I have a pretty good idea what works on YouTube at this point. I mean, I'm not perfect, but I have an idea, but TikTok, I still don't know if I figured it out. What have you figured out so far that, that works? Uh, keeping people question, uh, you know, interested, you know, uh, getting their attention, you gotta get their attention in the first three seconds. If you don't have their attention in the first three seconds, you lost them. So that, and then I have other, other, so you either have to be changing your voice, changing the question, changing, you know, switching that question in their mind on a regular basis. Uh, you know, right off the bat, you have to go, uh, for instance, you, uh, this is the best drill. I'll give you five reasons why, you know, and okay. Questioning, why is this the best drill? Uh, and obviously you're holding a Milwaukee, right? Um, yeah. and, and, uh, the, and then what are these five reasons? Why? What are these five reasons? So, uh, you know, trying to get them interested and looking for that answer right um people are curious people it's it's going to be either they're going to be horny which okay you and i are not going to uh, uh get get people on, on the horny <laughs> aspect right right it just isn't going to happen uh so you gotta get their curiosity or you gotta get their taste buds going or something along those lines you know so you get them interested in what what you have going on so i do a lot of food videos so right off the bat i'll do a video about some food but i'll take a, a a hero shot of the food like and say oh you gotta try this this is stupid easy and they'll go oh why why is this stupid what oh that sounds good and they're and then the other thing is the photos is the video okay we switch it up like you, I uh, was at Cocomelon. You ever heard of Cocomelon? I don't uh, think so. You don't have young kids. I have a I have a three year old daughter. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's this, it's like crack for kids. It's the the scene changes every three to six seconds. Oh my god. Okay. So if you would sit there and remember with uh with TikTok, you're really trying to get people to stick around for like that. I think it's like seven seconds is is uh considered a full view or okay. a view. Made it's not a completed view, but it's a view, right? So if you get them around for like that six or seven seconds, you switch the the you you start off with your your uh your your shot right away, but you switch it over to something more like maybe the drill itself, and then back to you, and then to uh, another tool, then back to you. All within the first ten seconds, you're you're changing that scene like three to four times. You're changing wow. that frame. It's it a whole. A a little bit of work, but yeah, it, it's all my psychology because it takes them takes. I want to say it was like one and a half, two seconds for someone to see something, go, "That's what it is," and then for your brain to get back to it. So you're keeping that brain guessing. Yes, sir. So I, I'm digging this. I should have you back on sometime just to talk about TikTok. This is fun. Um, so, what, what's your average video length? How long do you make your videos? Uh, I try to keep it under 59 seconds. That way I can put it on Everywhere uh, YouTube. Yep. Uh, I've been bad at that. I usually have that minute 10, minute 20. And I've uh, really been like, okay, I really have to bring that down so I can get it onto YouTube, so I can get it onto other things. I have been finding that if you can get a quick shot view of like, under 15 seconds that 14 12 to 14 second range that seems if you get a good one that that seems to work out really well my best video i'm not proud of this one whatever uh, is uh what was uh, uh almost a million views i ticked off about it because like come on that one was such a stupid little video it was literally it's a gay gift okay and it says uh, it's it's it's, uh, it's male birth control, and you open it up, and there's a little line there for someone to put their member in or something like that, and then you're supposed to slam it shut, and that's supposed to be the male birth control. And I found it at my great grandma's house, <laughs> and I basically said, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be uh, find this funny. Or if I'm supposed to be happy, uh, they have the same sense of humor as I do, or disturbed. And it just blew up. You know, within a week, I had almost uh, just under a million uh, views on, on just that one. It's not what I do. And I'm not, I'm not a comedian, but that time it worked. You know, I got, I got probably a couple thousand followers because of it. That's crazy. So have you... Have you experimented with video length? Like, do, do you do many 15 second videos or do you find that's, is it, is it harder to do a shorter video longer or easier or? Uh, it can be either or. Uh, okay. It's, if it just pops in your head, like I, one of my best videos was I had uh, some bone broth, the really good bone broth that I flipped on its side. And as I flipped on its side, it was gelatinous and you can see like like oh now this is some good good bone broth jiggly or, or something like that <laughs> and 12 second video 
and that one did really well. You seem to get, and part of it on the algorithm with, uh, with all social media that I found is if someone finishes the video and then rewatches it, that hits that, that, oh, this person really likes this one. They're watching it more than one time. They're trying to get something out of this video. Um, or, it, you know, so that's kind of a cheater way to get that to happen is okay. by having that 12 <clears throat> to 15 second video going because they're like, oh, oh, wow, that was, that was jiggling there. You know, let me see that again. And, you know, we see that happening with a lot of, uh, of more attractive people on, on there too. The quick, quick sites and, oh, I got to see that again. Okay. Yep. It makes sense. So what about, um, so kind of on that same vein, I saw you did a video on making honey bourbon. Mm-hmm. How, how do you, I, how do you do that? Oh, I'm sure it's simple, but yeah. Honey bourbon simple. Yeah. It's, uh, so you're looking at making, so I've changed the recipe a little bit, uh, over the years. I t- basically take two cups of honey, uh, and I will boil it or I'll put in one cup of boiling hot water. So you thin that honey out, you heat the, all that up. The jiggle always makes them rewatch. Yeah, Josh right. says the jiggle always makes them rewatch. Yeah, jo- Josh is always good for a laugh. He's definitely a, a butcher and a comedian. So perfect. And as so you uh, so you get that nice and uh, e- even, or uh, so you basically make a simple syrup, right? Yeah. So two two cups of honey, one cup of hot water, and then uh, I do about 50 50 on the bourbon maybe if you like it a little bit uh, stronger put a little bit more bourbon on it so you're going to use about three cups of bourbon three to six cups of bourbon works out really well and depending on how sweet you like it and just it smooths it, it makes it really nice and smooth so it would be closer to a um liqueur like, yeah look that's thank you <laughs> yeah liqueur that's cool ah I, yeah, I might try some of that for Christmas time. I like that. Yeah, uh, and then maple syrup. You can do it with maple syrup. It works really well with maple syrup also. Um, one of the other things I do is I'll take bourbon and I'll put it on cherries. Now, I found this works on any kind of berry. So blueberries work really well also, and you can do it with any, pretty much any kind of liquor. Is it's We call it a bounce around here. So you put cherries in a jar. You pour a bunch of bourbon over it, and you the cherries will start will uh, will uh, at first they'll float, then they'll go down to the bottom, then they'll come back to the top, and then they'll sink back down to the bottom. And once you uh, you do that, and right around Christmas time, it's probably done. I let mine sit on there for years, even sometimes, and you squeeze all the berries and you juice them. Or you just pop them in your mouth and eat them that way, and um, oh, just just a wonderful little uh, liqueur. I keep mine straight. Uh, my brother-in-law, we, we always have this friendly argument. He always adds some sort of simple syrup to it to sweeten it up and make it a little smoother. I like a little bit of the burn. Oh yeah, the bur- bourbon just puts hair in your chest, right? So right, right. Yeah. Now we were talking about this before we went on air, but what is your go-to bourbon? My go-to bourbon is Eagle Rare. That's been my favorite. 
all and we didn't plan this guys just so you know but this this was not planned but this is 100 what i'm drinking this evening is eagle rare and that is my go-to so when you're talking earlier about um you know wanting to have um like a beef for a special occasion and then you might have some like maybe not store-bought beef but lesser price beef i was thinking well that's my you know um buffalo ridge that i'll you know give to everybody and then this is my eagle rare that i get to sit and sip on right Oh yeah, you you have to have those those things that you absolutely love, you know the the special occasion stuff. Because even if you have the special occasion, uh, if you have that special occasion stuff, you don't have that uh, ceremonial almost. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, you eat turkey all the time. You wouldn't really enjoy it that much for Thanksgiving, right? Um, so it, you know, so certain things are a treat, and they should be that. It should be almost a ceremonial uh, type type thing where you're saying they're drinking a certain liquor or wine or um, or food or even events that you go to. Well, you know what? It's it's a special day. Let's go to the movies or whatever it is. Do people even still go to movies? <laughs> well, they didn't for a while, but uh, everybody says Tom Cruise brought them back. I don't know, but yeah, but yeah, no, I get it. I like I like that because it's. Um... Like you said, it's a treat, but it's more than a treat. It's almost it's almost like a modern ritual. It's a thing, you know. I had. Um, are, are you much of a reader or no? I don't like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Did you? I don't know if you read any prepper porn or not, but one second after, do you know that book? I have not read that book. No. Okay. Well, I had the author on here, and he said um, he doesn't smoke except when he's writing, and to him, that's his ritual. Is you know, smoking while he writes. That's just what he does. And then when he's done writing a book, he puts the cigarettes away for quite a while. And then he, then he gets back into it and it is, but that's, we all have to have our rituals, you know, it, uh, that's what makes life worth living. And you might as well get something that's, uh, I don't maybe not expensive, but, but something that is worth your while, something you look forward to, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, uh, slowly enjoying what you have, uh, out there. Um, you know, w w all those different rituals that, that time you spend with your family, that's a ritual, uh, extended family. That's a ritual. That's uh one, unfortunately the one week or two weeks a year that I get to go out with the guys and go fishing with them for an entire week. That's a ritual. Like there's these rituals that we have in our life that we don't even realize are rituals. Right. And uh, making those celebratory things by having those extra special things at that time. And I, that's what helps make it more special. We're humans. Like we've always had these rituals happening in our lives. That's in our DNA. We're going to have that no matter what. So be intentional with it. Be intentional. Hey, I'm going to do this because this is an important event. And you can have all sorts of fun, important events throughout your entire life throughout the entire year but you do a ritual with intent and all of a sudden really cool things uh start happening you you start i feel i get more relaxed after we've done a ritual yes um, of some sort or another like sitting down like so, every week we have a ritual every sunday we make some sort of comfort meal like nice. that's what my wife and i do with our family my wife and I get to cook together and we have that ritual of that comfort meal every Sunday. So you've had quite a, you've had quite a journey over the last uh, 12 plus months. Where, 
Where do you see yourself heading? What are your goals and where do you want to be? Where do you see yourself by the end of 2023? Oh, well, um, a little bit has to go with a, what we have going on. Um, they can't really talk too much about. That's but okay. It's a, it's going to be involved a lot of, a uh, lot more social media. Okay. It's going to involve us uh, basically being part of a larger cooperation. Nice. Um, so definitely growing the business uh, quite a bit uh, by leaps and bounds this year. I'm uh, already scheduled to do a couple uh, events where I have a couple farmers that are like vegetable farmers. They want me to have an event at their place. Sure. So I'm able to roll my uh serve my burgers and i'll sit there and be able to sell my meat there and get paid for it like oh wow I mean, hey that, it's a win-win right yeah yeah um we have uh so we're doing a lot more farmers markets this year getting in front of people we weren't doing that last year and just really just keeping keeping the ball rolling we're, we're getting some momentum now uh probably bringing some merch uh uh here very shortly available on on our websites um so if you like the smiling mrfer you know love um it. just clued into that but i love it <laughs> well there's so many different ways you could look at it but um it was kind of semi-unintentional okay uh, but uh it, you can look at it it looks a little bit like a cowboy hat it looks a little bit uh, but then one of my friends goes uh they were drunk at the time she she, she goes so what's the smiling motherfucker? I'm like, what? <laughs> or are you a Rocky that like? And so I just go I'm a rapper. But anyways, oh, it's fine. Um, yeah, love it. But yeah, it's uh, we have a lot. I think those are our biggest things coming on. Um, we're still working on a pretty big deal with a local grocery store that's nice. kind of our local version of uh, Whole Foods. Okay. Uh, man, just all sorts of fun, uh, little fun stuff that's happening. Just keeping the ball rolling, uh, keeping, trying to do more social media, but, uh, think expect a lot more social media and some big stuff happening. Uh, especially I'll give the date out of May 10. Okay. I'm looking, I, I love it. I'll keep you to it. I'm going to keep an eye on it. So <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're getting real close to our kind of 90 minute mark. So how, where can people find you to support you, whether it's locally or online? How can people look you up or how can they follow follow up with you for sure? Well, um, I'm on TikTok, Instagram. Uh, everything is pretty much uh, A Modern Frontier. Um, my website, amodernfrontier.com. I also have links uh, to all my social media from there. Um, I have a few recipes on amodernfrontier.com. Okay. Um, if you're within... Uh, the shipping distance, uh, like southeastern Wisconsin, northern Illinois, uh, Minnesota, uh, Iowa, we can, uh, I can, uh, you can purchase uh, the meats that that we grow, and yeah. Um, otherwise, do uh, I get my my cell phone number out? Or? If you want to, sure. That don't bother me. Um, but uh, that's I that's kind of that's actually on the website also. But okay. um, yeah. Uh, if anyone wants to get a hold of me, feel free to get a hold of me. I like talking to people, even if it's just sitting there having questions about how you can do something, how you're doing the same, how you, if you want to do the same thing I'm doing right now, 
I'm more than willing to, to sit there and talk to someone and help them out because I reached out to a few people that were across the country that were doing what I, what I'm doing now. And they said, Hey, we, we, we should do, do some cool stuff. And, um, I brought up the ideas and I had, they would call me up. There's one guy, he had three quarters of a million followers. I sent him a message on TikTok, uh, Revenant Wild Ranch, uh, Michael, okay. M- Michael down there in tech in, uh, Georgia. He called me up and he goes, Hey, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this. Let's talk you through this. And uh, now I get to, he's one of the guys I'll be working with here in the future. That's how you do it. When I first started, I had like 400 subscribers and I reached out to a bunch of people and I'm like, I'll do all the work, but uh, will, will you work with me? And nobody said no. People are scared to ask, but if you just reach out and talk to people, everybody's a, everybody's a person, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So I, for, if anybody's watching on the replay, the live replay, I pinned your TikTok link at the top, but also your TikTok link is in the, so when this goes out as a podcast, it'll be there. And it's, you, if you're watching on Rumble or audit, anywhere, it's all in the link. So people can follow up with you there too. So. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'm always up for conversations. I, I like talking to people. Um, I'm always up, you know, recipes, recipe ideas. You want to give me some ideas? Great. I can give you a couple, you know, let's, let's all be friends and get some stuff done. Nice. If you're up for it, man, I'd love to have you back sometime after you, when you got time, when, when you're ready to make your big announcement, I'd love to have you back to talk about it. Oh, I'd love to have, have a conversation. We can, uh, it, it, it's, there's, like I said, there's some, there's big things that are happening. Um, one of the things that's, there's even been, and this is a long shot. Like I didn't think a year ago, there would be a long shot of this, of a snowball's chance in hell. But now we have a slight chance that will be part of a, there's some guys talking uh, with Netflix. A friend of mine is friends with, right. some, with some guy that's on that. That's a producer of Netflix and he's, following along seeing where we're headed with this so like i said there's this tiny little micro chance that we'd actually have something cool happening here in the future where we'd actually get on netflix even you just keep doing the shit man and good shit happens just like you said you you know there was that day where you thought i'll just give up but the reason all the good shit happened it wasn't luck it's because you did all the right shit the whole way along and eventually it pays off right so i I love hearing that. Your your story is a friggin' inspiration, man. This is great. Well, I look at it from like Forrest Gump, right? Forrest <laughs> Gump wasn't very smart. You don't need to be very smart to be successful. So get no. that out of your head right now. You don't have to be very smart. All you got to do is put one foot in front of the other. When someone says, oh, you shouldn't do that. Forrest Gump was just too dumb to not do it, right? <laughs> I, right. I feel like I, I at certain times in my life, I was just too dumb to listen to other people to say, I can't do it. So therefore I take steps forward and I go, I keep moving forward, keep one foot in front of another. And before you you know it, you're, you're, you're successful in your own way. And so that's the most important thing is not listening to people and just force Gump your way through life. (laughs) Couldn't say it better myself. That was awesome. Well, Adam, I appreciate you coming on here, brother. Um, if you want to hang in the background for just one second, I'll close yep. up and I'll be right back with you. Sounds good. All right. 
Well, guys, I hope you appreciated the insight that Adam had. I, I knew I was going to bring him on to talk about regenerating regenerative farming, but what we ended up having was a masterclass in entrepreneurship. That's the key, guys, one foot in front of the other. And we will have Adam back on because uh, I can't wait to see the great things that he does. So make sure you get out and support him. If you're in his area, buy meat. And if you're not, go on TikTok, Instagram, show him the love, give him some, uh, you know, some workshop love. And guys, as always... Stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.